Hey everyone, it's Sam from the Noon Podcast. Thank you for joining me in today's interview where I have the opportunity to talk with Ricky, a multi-decade paramedic who got to experience the good old days of firefighting and EMS. He's also dedicated to getting more paramedics into the film industry and a busy entrepreneur. Through his stories, he shares a perspective that is rarely seen. I hope you enjoy the show. Ricky, thank you so much for coming out to the 911 Nonsense Podcast. I would love for you to give me an introduction of who you are and what you do. Well, uh, so I, I feel very honored. I, I, I'm, it took a little bit of a mission to get here, just logistically because of my scheduling. But um, my official name is Richard A. Grego, but I go by Ricky G. That's how people know me in the EMS community. I've been a paramedic for almost going on 30 years. And I've been in EMS since, what, maybe in the States since 91. But I was a medic in the military. And... Um, I worked all over the state as far as EMS and um, worked in the ER. I was also a flight medic for many years. I was in the fire department since 91 to 2006, and that's where I got my paramedic license in 95. And then um, since then, um, I worked uh, numerous EMS systems. I, I've been fortunate enough to work at a lot of places. I was telling a friend of mine when we were looking at your podcast, I, uh, and we were talking, she was like, what are you going to talk about? I said, I don't know, you know. <laughs> but I, I told her, I've been fortunate to be a fly on the wall in a lot, a lot of places. And I've been able to be in opportunities and see things and meet people that I would have never fathomed. And then so I tell people, hey, stories. And they're all, yeah, yeah, right. And I said, no, let me make a phone call because there's been people that have been right there with me, right? You have that, the proof, that, that can right? verify. <laughs> and I'm not lying. I swear, I swear, I promise. But anyway, so I've, I've done that. I've worked in the EMS uh, for many, many years, and I, I've been blessed. Uh, what I try to tell people, even to be at, at this point in life, and I didn't even think I'd be alive this long. So uh, God's blessed me with this gift to help and heal people. And um, I'm a fixer. I'm a healer. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And and I probably credit that a lot to my grandmother because I saw her, uh, you know, growing up, how she reached out in Old Town in, in the community. And, and so I grew up in Old Town. And went to San Felipe, and we were in church all the time, all the time. But I saw my grandmother take in homeless people, like like no no shit, you know, bring them into the house. And they, I remember the the smells, you know, and, and she'd feed them and and nurture them and take care of them and put them back. And you know what I mean? Yeah, so, being very catering, catering and caring, you know, mm-hmm. like from the bottom of her heart. And then whenever one of her friends would pass, and she'd get on the phone and cry. And so I don't know, maybe I got it from her, you know. No, I, I that's that cool. To her because it it comes naturally. So. You know, I don't know that maybe because a lot of people say because we're Sagittarius's too. Maybe I don't know what sign you are, <laughs> but um, my friend Maria was saying, yeah, we're Sagittarius and that's what we do. So, anyways, I don't know. What, what I, have you I, been I ramble doing? a lot, so it's okay. Just reel me in. <laughs> what have you been doing more recently? Um, you know, after when um, I had injured my leg and then I I they stopped flying uh, just because it, it hurt for a while uh, to be in those small planes, and then. My, my buddies from the fire department were into the movies, and because I'm a paramedic, um, there's only a handful of people in the in the union, so the ATSI 480 union. So I, I'm doing films now, right? I'm a Sam medic. But um, they needed paramedics to subsidize their, their trucks that, to make them ALS um, through motion picture set medics. So they'd call me, hey, uh, do you want to come in? you know, work on, on these on these trucks in the movies. And I really accredit that to my son Jojo because he's the one that 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 brought me in. 
hey, my dad's a paramedic. So me and him used to work as a team on the truck. So that was really cool. And that's how I got into the movies because I really didn't, I really didn't know about it. But then I knew it wasn't. At that point, it was really up and down. So there was no sustainability in it. And then, uh, so I'd work shifts. Remember? Yeah, I and think then, it was one of those kind of hush hush jobs, right? Because it was kind of a cush job if you yeah. were a set medic and you had that job. Yeah. You didn't really want to tell people you did it right, because right. it was hard to get into. Yeah, 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 yeah. There was a like it was real clickish. And then, uh, so I've really tried to break that barrier um, from it being. You know, we're just going to have a selective few people come in. And so now that I'm able, I'm, I'm fortunate now that I'm I'm uh, a key medics on shows and stuff. I mean, I don't care if anybody wants to get in the union. I'll, I, I mean, I've got tons of people in the union. I, I got them in and, and if they want to be medics and I can help them and, and, and they can thrive in the business because it, 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 it fluctuates so much. So And it's blown up here yeah. in Albuquerque specifically where a lot of filming is happening right now in the state. Right, right. So we've been very fortunate. But going back, um, so me and my, my son got me in it, and we were doing that. And then uh, Netflix likes to have paramedics uh, on, on their productions. Like as a standby or to fill in to help with like... Well, so a motion picture set medics, I was, I was, I was being that paramedic role, and my son was being a... a you know, it's kind of like doing the ambulance out in the, you know, in order to have that ACLS. So that's what the for, for, was fortunate for me because I always kept my paramedic license so I could fill in. So there was a necessity, supply and demand, right? So once I got on there and I was like, okay, you know, and then I was doing a little bit more and more and plus the money is great, right? And, and we get paid weekly and a, kind of a spinoff because I was kind of thinking about what I was going to say, right? You know, EMS, there, there's not a lot of money in it. Mm-hmm. So you do it for passion or you do it because you want to do it or you know there, there's there's an inner driving people to do it because they always say oh I want to be a paramedic hey that's cool but you're not going to get rich on it you know yeah be a and, nurse instead right that kind yeah of, right that and kind always, of a comment yeah so I always advise people go to nursing school go to nursing school but um now I mean you can make money finally after how many years almost 20 years 30 years you know and, and even then still you know they give me bonuses but anyway so I go back I I, I I start doing the movies and then uh, and then um, my friend Dominic was running Saul, and then he says, "Hey man, I need you on these shows. I need you on these shows." And because they wanted paramedics, and then I could fill in on the on the rigs. And then so you know he says, "Hey man," <laughs> and I felt bad about leaving everybody because oh, I'm a loyal person. So mm-hmm. I'm a very when I when I start a job, I I I, you know, I believe in loyalty. And oh, maybe it was just instilled in me. But, you know, everybody's succeeding. I'm over here being loyal. I'm still here. But he said, hey, do you, you either, you know, want to shit or get off the pot, man? Do you want to make some money? You want to come into this industry? And then that's how I had to make that decision. And, and that was probably one of the best decisions I made. So sure enough, I got in there. And then I'm fortunate enough to navigate through the industry. And now I'm, I'm, a, I, I'm running shows, you know. Oh, and that's awesome. So, so, and and, and the, the benefit to that isn't really for me in itself. Um, for the prestige and you know you know whatever to that but I'm able to employ a lot of people so so that barrier where there was that select group of people that they were very click on holding that industry tight I can open it up to whoever now and hey you know get in you got your MT license let's get you in the union so if you if you want to become an IATSE member and work in the film industry 
uh, it's a labor union. You just got to go to the website, uh, 480, local 480, um, IATSE, and then find a craft. And you could do like uh, food services, there's costume, whatever. But in some crafts, you have to be licensed, right? Um, and then you got to accumulate your 30 days, and then 800 gets you in the union, and then you can work any craft after that. So the way I got in uh, was with my paramedic license and through people that I knew, right? And through my son, Joe, he, he really f encouraged me to do it. And then, so I try to reciprocate that back to whoever. I don't even care if they get into, you know, doing labor on, on paint crews or whatever. The industry's awesome. Um, the money's good. And it's a good retirement, supplemental retirement for me. Sure. So, no, I'm glad that you gave us that information on how to get into yeah, it. Because yeah. not a lot of people understand. Um, to try and redirect the conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, let's go back. What are your, <laughs> what are your thoughts <laughs> on PTSD in the field? You, you, you know... I, I um, I have mixed feelings on that. I'm pretty sure I have it too, but I don't. I don't really express it much. I kind of maybe hold it in, you mm -hmm. know. And until we start getting deep in thought, and then we like even in this, and we, I might, I might throw a little tear here and there. A lot of people don't see me cry, but it, there, there, there's that macho end of it, you know. Where mm -hmm. They say, hey, you know, you know, we don't cry, but a lot of that has to do with the military side of me, but. There is PTSD, and, and I think the older that I get, um, the more I, I see it. And, and now that people use the word trigger, you know, it's kind of funny because I, 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 I maybe repressed it. I don't, I don't know. I don't, I, don't, I don't have that. I probably do have it. And you, like, you might have symptoms and not even yeah, recognize right. that you have it. So like one of my symptoms for PTSD or one of my triggers for PTSD is that I will take a noise canceling headphone and I will only put one in because I have to be able to hear Here, what's right. going on around me. Yeah. I can't be in a position where I can't hear. Um, like when I'm in the airplane, that's the only time I'll wear two headphones and yeah. it's just because of the sound. Yeah, the sound, yeah. But literally anywhere else I go, whether I'm wearing noise canceling or regular headphones, I only have one ear in. Right. And I didn't even realize that that was a sign of PTSD until one of my friends was like, you have this, and you don't even know you have this. Yeah, yeah, you know because, what I yeah, mean? because you, you have to have that um, that, and it's not control. You have to have that that sense of. But it is a form awareness. of control too. Maybe, yeah. Like I need to be able to control what's going on around right, me right, without right, right. actually controlling it. Right. Sure. You have to be ready. And so, I was a nine one one dispatcher for the fire department too. So we, you know, we always say we have that third ear, and as paramedics, we we don't multitask. We megatask. Right. So that, that 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 might be one of the things that you 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 need that because you have to have um, we use our sense of smell, sense of taste, our vision. That that's how we triage even mm -hmm. before we well, we're triaging from the from the from the get go of the call. Right. Sure. And then you walk in the building then you're smelling then you're seeing and then you've already kind of know what you're. You know, so, so let me ask yeah. you, when you walk into a store, the mall, mm -hmm. Do, have you figured out where your exits are? Yeah. Okay, so you do have signs. You I know, just maybe right? don't you recognize no, no. them? And, or... and, and it's funny because people, like when we go places, you know, I think people like to sit and, uh, you know, oh, yeah, I want to look good in front of people. I want, And I always have to rearrange the, the table and they're, why? You, oh, you just want to be like you're, you're, you're at the center of it. No, no, no. Yeah, I have to sit with my back to the wall. I got to know where the exits are. And I got to know what time it is. You know, I analyze all this stuff. Yeah. And that comes from military, from the fire department and, you know, EMS and 
Um, and then people get upset too because like, what, what, you know, how come you just can't park anywhere? Why do you drive around the parking lot like four times? Well, I'm looking for the egress. I got to back in. Yep. Right? <laughs> Fastest way out. Yeah. Right? And then everybody gets know. mad at me. How come you just can't do this? Can't do that? I said, you got to give me a second to just let me be me. Yeah. Let, know, me, you know? let me do what I so, got to so do. I, so I guess, you know, um, we, we, we do have that. And that's what I was trying to say is that as the older that I get, the more I realize, hey, maybe I, you know, like you were saying with that one ear thing, yeah, you know, I, I do have it. And and I, I just may be coming to terms with it at this point. So what do you what do you do to help yourself if you start feeling anxious or like maybe that's a little overbearing? A lot of people in our industry like to drink. Um, you know, I've seen a, I've seen a movement more recently, maybe not necessarily for employed people, but people who are retired kind of going into a cannabis. The cannabis, yeah. I've seen ketamine. You know, I've, wow. there's a lot of, like, even mushrooms being used yeah, you to know, help medicinally, medicate I got to tell you PTSD. a little story about that. But so I, share it, buddy. That's why we're here. <laughs> well, well, get this. So ever since when I was in the military and going into doing whatever I needed to do, to, you know, you got to get a mindset. So I think I, when you're younger... Your body just reacts. Your mind, you're, you're just automatic. And as I found that I'm that I'm older, I have to tell my body, "Come on, let's go." You know, um, I can do it mentally. My body's not as physical as it used to be, but I can get it done. It's just mind over matter, and that's what I try to tell people. So, and there's that there's that age thing. It's kind of funny because I was talking to one of the kids on on set the other day. You know, these guys run circles around. The, the electrical guys, they, I mean, boom, I said, damn, I wish I was 30 again or 25. Because they, they call me on the radio medic, you know, and we need a Band-Aid to, to background. <laughs> it takes me a while to even motivate myself, get up and go and load my pack on and go, you know. I, I mean, I'm going to do it. It's just more of a... But but what I used to do, uh, going back, I used to play the, the song Mission Impossible in my brain, and I still do. And I don't know. That, That's that, great, dude. Yeah, no, That's great. No, so I, yeah, when I used to... I was in the army. I used to dun dun, and that's how I. It just I, gets you going. It just gets yeah. me going, and that kept my kept me focused. And then it was weird. I mean, and you I'm know, just imagining you running and, around and, on and, scene, and, hiding and, behind things, no, and dodging yeah, people. And, and I and I still do it now, right? <laughs> dun, 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 and that, so I, well, come on, Rick, we gotta go. And then I I play that in my brain, and then I get up, and then I go, and you know, and, and I've done that since way back. But that goes back to my military days. So when I joined the military, I was 17. So I, 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 I left, uh, see, we graduated in May and I was gone by August. So now when people, you know, I, my, my youngest son, dad, this and I, come on, dude, at, at age 17, I was doing shit that, you, you know, I don't want to hear no excuses. Come on, you know, sure. you know, suck it up. Let's go, you know, get this done. I, I need, I need this done, you know? And so that's, that's what I, back in the day, I always played Mission Impossible and I still do it now to motivate my my old ass to get up and, and get things going. Going back to yeah. your 911 days. Yeah. What would you say is one of your fondest memories? Like, what is a call that you think about that just brings a smile to your face? You, every you know, time? Um, I, I was fortunate enough to deliver two babies. You know, I was a catcher. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I, I always kind of, I don't brag about it because I don't like to brag about what I've done. Or, but, but, uh, that was neat, you know. That was neat to to bring. We we see so much death and so much life going out, and sometimes we help it. And I don't know, maybe sometimes I might have I might have 
you know, <laughs> did it by accident. Yeah. Sorry, you you left this world a little bit, you know, because you le- it's a learning process when you're when you're learning paramedicine. Uh, but uh, it it was cold because the way it happened. So both calls, uh, and I was a catcher, and boom, I did it. It was automatic. Remember everything we trained for, everything. So I was a helper on a couple of births, but this one it was me. It was I was the primary. There was no, and and so the first one, you know, we get call of a, of a birth the we go to the apartment knock on the and the door barely opens well the door could barely open because they the, the people had first moved there and uh and they uh their place was just so cluttered anyway she was all i've been calling you i've been calling you you guys deliver my last one you deliver my last one and i'm looking at her like i don't even know you yeah. like you deliver my last one and i'm like okay whatever and she goes it's coming now and she squats i, I literally had about this much of a doorway right she squats, opens her leg, and I deliver this baby in the doorway in the hall <laughs> of, of the front. And, and the baby comes out. I didn't have time to put gloves on, nothing. And I'm just drenched in the all the afterbirth in my, my legs and my boots and everything. And this baby comes out, and, and you know, I, I deliver this baby. And, and like, whoa, you know. And so then we finally get the door open. She goes to the bed, you know, and we deliver the afterbirth and all that. But so thank you, guys. Deli- you deliver my last one. I'm thinking, like. I, I've never delivered a baby before, but what she meant was in Los Angeles, EMS delivered her last baby, uh, right? So that was cool. That was cool because I, I, I mean, I literally delivered a baby right in the doorway. Yeah, you? and it's hard for people to understand that because I don't think a lot of people get to experience that, right? You're just all over and, and slippery little You were actually mom. one of the first people who has said that you enjoyed doing it. Most yeah. people were like, whoa, babies, no, 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 no. I, don't wanna, I don't want anything to do with that. That's, you know, no, no, yeah. no, no. But you're, you enjoyed that experience. Yeah. It's good that you had those can, two experiences. Can you imagine the... Not only the miracle of a of a baby coming out of life, and you you know, because we got to do those the steps and clear the airway. Well, we cut the cord. Actually, we put her on the bed. We finally got it, and then we laid her down, cut the cord, and then just delivered the placenta. But, but um, I mean, it was here. Like boom, hey, here's a baby. Hello, I'm you coming. didn't have time to to think about Not it. Even, you just did it. Just yeah, and it was automatic. Yeah. And then it was just it was just so cool. It was just so cool that the, and and thank God that it was a good natural birth and we healthy didn't have baby. a healthy baby no no complications and she hadn't had no no uh, prenatal care because of her her financial situation and and you know the baby came out healthy everything was great but you know here i am just soaked in this i flew in my boots it's in my socks it's in my boots and i'm like uh, but who cares you know yeah like, at, that at, point, at, at that point it doesn't matter yeah it didn't it didn't matter like i was like whoa this is cool because you know we we train and we train and we train a lot of us are uh, fortunate, but I would say misfortunate to be put in these positions that go into these gruesome calls and all this other stuff. And there's, I think the younger you are in your career, yeah, you know, I want to see blood, blood you know, guts, and I did this, I do, did that. But as the older you get, you're like, we don't want to go to those calls because there's misfortune in those, in those bad calls. You know, bad things happen. It not only affects the individual involved but the family and then it you know the ems people too you know it has that residual ptsd and and i've been involved in those calls too but so are there uh, any are there any specifically that you think of when you talk about that like bad calls and being there for those you know specific moments in yeah time? you know there, there there there's one that always kind of sticks in my in my in, in my brain um so 
Let me tell you about this other childbirth real quick, okay? okay. So, so, we're, so I was able to do that one. Okay, so now I'm working at the ER. It's in the morning, and I'm coming in in the morning after shift, and I'm like, shit, man, these guys didn't stock everything, and I'm noticing, hey, kind of ironic, an L&D kit's not there, and I'm like, you know, and, and one of the guys said, well, why would you want an L&D kit here fully stocked? He said, well, I'm going to make it into a field kit. So be, the L&D kits in the hospital are made for the hospital setting, they're not complete like we would do out mm -hmm. in the field, right? We need everything, so I opened one up and made one. Why would you do that? I said, because you never know, right? And it was funny, because that morning where uh, I, I hear this this uh, female come in with this young girl, and then she's triaging her, and she's coming in for abdominal pain. And you, because you hear, remember, like we were saying, all these senses are going on. Yeah. And I, okay, well, she's coming through me, I'm gonna have to triage her. This is when we started the, the, the lean program, right? The lean process, and then, so before the girl came to me, because I was, oh, they, here, give, and I remember the nurse saying, here's a urine cup, put her, to have her go to the bathroom and give us a urine sample. So, all right, and I'm, and I'm stalking everything, and then all of a sudden we hear screaming and yelling. So I run out there, and in the lobby, there's the two restrooms, but the door's open, and, she, and she's screaming, she's having pain, pain, pain. Well, I, went, I run in there, hey, what's going on? Mind you, we're at, we're at, we're at a hospital, okay? And, uh, and the tech that was with me asking me these questions kind of came behind me because they were going to be the tech with me that day. And then uh, um, she says, it's coming out, it's coming out, it's coming out. And I'm thinking, like, you know, what's coming out? Well, it was one of those cases of the young girl, baggy shirt, baggy, baggy. Um, um, Just baggy clothes Yeah, baggy, over. but what's that called? Like a, a, hoodie. a hoodie. And the mom's all, what the hell is going on? And she goes, it's coming out. I said, oh, shit. She's, she's delivering a baby. So I delivered this baby in the toilet, in the bathroom of the ER, right, downtown. And with all these doctors and everybody's standing around looking at me, none of them came in to help. And me and this tech, the one that was questioning me, I told him, go get that OB kit. He knew exactly <laughs> what was that. It was kind of ironic. And we delivered this baby, right? And it come right out of the toilet, a little boy. You know, so that was my second. You had that, like, intuition. Yeah, that told you know, and it was This needs to be ready today. Yeah, right, I don't know why, but it was just kind of stuff that like that. But, so the mom's all, she's all, uh, oh, the little girl, how could this have happened? How could this, what's going on? And she goes, you know, goddamn well what happened. I'm going to kill him, I'm going to kill him. And they're arguing. You know, the girl's sitting on the toilet, the mom's yelling, and I'm trying to, do, do, this is how this baby came in the world. Yeah. Between the two moms and all yeah. this, and, and you know, so anyways, we deliver the baby, and anyways, that that those those were cool calls. So you were gonna start talking about uh, a call that you felt was very hard. You know, uh, maybe it was hard because I I can't it, it always stick in my mind. Sure. So it, it it was just the way it played out, but um, so. We, you know, we're, we're, we're eating, getting ready, because I was worked at Station 3. A lot of these come out of Central. So I worked a lot in, on Central Corridor. But um, so so we get this call. We're getting ready, some green chili enchiladas. And finally, we're slow, because I worked on Rescue 3. We're able to sit down, eat some food, and, you know, benefit the the from our working hard to make, as a group, enchiladas, and we go to sit down. Then boom, we get this call of a of a gunshot victim. So we go to this apartment, and it was really really fresh because the, the it was a it was a young girl. I'll never forget her face, a, a blonde girl. But uh, she's sitting in between. Well, she's crouched down in between the bed and and the wall. And there's an APD officer over her, 
and and he's trying to clear the gun. Well, what she did was she shot herself right in the head. But it was so fresh because we we're right there. It was literally blocks away. It, it, you know the 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 smoke still coming out of her ears and her nose and everything where she shot herself in the head. Well, he's trying to clear the weapon. He's standing on the bed, and then he clears the weapon, and then we we pull her out, and then um. So we pull her out, and the guy's on the pumper. So so we're 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 trained to know when and when not to work people, right? Sure. But anyway, so she she had uh, signs of brain matter coming out of her ear and, and stuff like that from the from. But she had that guppy breathing where she's breathing. like agonal respirations. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So to us, we know what's happening. To the basics and everybody, they don't know what's happening. So they're they're worker, 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 and we're trying to be like, no, you know why? Why? To my to to me, I'm like, let her go in peace. You know, let her go in peace for whatever reason she shot herself. Um, you know, I'm not going to destroy her body by working her because it was going to be futile anyways, right? So the the thing about it is these guys are getting angry because they want us to work her. And, and that's really interesting because that is within your own company. Yes, yeah. So you have half of your company getting upset, even though with your experience and your knowledge, you know, like this is end of life. Right. And and they're mad and they're a worker and they're yelling at us and it was it was me and I won't mention his name but my partner but um and we're looking at each other and so we're 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 like torn do we do we try to satisfy them or just keep the peace for this poor girl to, to leave in peace and uh, so so we chose to you know of course leave her because it was futile anyways but you know these guys were really angry at us they were upset they were mad they were like cussing at us on scene it was a very you know just walking into that scene like i described it was with a with volatile the scene yeah. and and then uh um no so we you know so anyway she passes and everything and then and then they're mad and they leave mad and you know um they're kind of cussing how come he didn't do you know and one of them's yelling at me and just all just this whole intense thing right and we're in the bedroom well come to find out when we walked in she's in there in the corner the cops doing that and there's these two guys one of them has a guitar and it, and, and he's he's kind of just playing the guitar and, and he's in the apartment or he's outside yes okay of the so she's in the back bedroom here's the friend there's you know how these tiny little apartments are yeah she's over here and there's these two guys and when we first walk in and they go oh they're back there right but PD was on scene, so we figured it was safe because he was. The, we already saw the car, sure. and then and and so we're, I'm like, all this stuff's going on, and we're like, like what the fuck, you know, like, and and all I want to do is eat my enchiladas, and so, anyway, so come to find out, she had been prostituting herself to to make ends meet, so her the one guy with the guitar was her husband, and so that he could uh they they could survive, this was a friend. It was a Sunday afternoon. They were might have been drinking some wine, doing their little thing, kumbaya, and that was it. Well, she had walked in and told the husband, "Hey, you know what? I I've been uh, um, selling my body so that we can, um, you know, make rent and all that." And 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 I guess things didn't go well. She didn't get what she wanted. The response, right? That she wanted. Yeah. And then she said, "I'm gonna go kill myself." And he said, "Okay, go ahead." And she literally went in there and killed herself. Wow. And then, but to him to be nonchalant. You know, just just that setting, but but the thing is, can you imagine? What kind of gets to me on that one is that why? I mean, yeah. it snuffed out her life out of all that, and 
nobody cared and we couldn't save her. Yeah. There was no saving her. There was no, not even attempt. Not, I mean, we just couldn't. Knowing, yeah. Yeah. So that, that's, that's one of the biggest ones that out of all of them, because we've seen blood and guts and all this other stuff, you know, hoorah. But the, but the story, the backstory of that whole, whole thing. And then he's in there. Just hanging out, just playing, hanging the out guitar, playing the guitar. Like nothing's yeah, happening. Like, yeah, like, and then, but it affected. So if you look mm-hmm. at that, it affects my partner, the, the other crew. There was a little bit of animosity until we explained it to him, until we found out why and everything. And, and it took about probably the rest of the shift for them to finally start talking to us again. So, yeah, it's it's so hard it's, when those people are like the people that you work closer with yeah. and people don't understand that partner dynamic and that team right. dynamic. So right. it, it's it makes it hard when you're not getting along some days. And some days, you know, you spend more time with your partner yeah. than you spend with your family right. a lot of the time and people also don't understand that dynamic when they're like tired of that you That person too. Yeah. is my work husband yeah. or my work wife or whatever and yeah, when when you don't get along that can make the job Hard. Yeah, and it can make for long days. And then sometimes you 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 have tensions with your partners too because, you know, they might be having some issues, or you're on the phone a lot, arguing with your spouse or your significant other, your kids or whatever, and they're tired because they don't want to hear it, you know. But you work in this close knit cab, and then you got to go from all these dynamics of okay, got a call, it's time to do this. Okay, now we're this, now we're that. Are you hungry? Oh, I want to eat. Uh, I don't. I don't know. Oh, I don't want to eat that today. I'm tired of eating that. But you want to eat that, and there's this... I will tell you, I yeah. have a lot easier of a time figuring out food with my work partner than I do my wife. Yeah. That is yeah. no joke. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, right? And yeah. all, all that stuff. But it, it's just, you know. And then, then we had a... With that same group of firemen, we had a good save. We had a good save. We had a, a, a little girl was running around. She put her hand through a plate glass, severed an artery. The mom's freaking out. We get the call. And of course, we, we, we can't do a break in the entry. We had to wait for PD, but we're looking. And so we finally go in. And I look and I see, I see blood everywhere. I'm like, oh, it looks like a murder scene. Okay. So now we have a, legit, a legitimate reason to kick in the door and do that. PD finally arrives and we're looking. And it's this long house. Go all the way back. We find this little girl in the tub. And her mom has her wrapped up and she's pale. Um, she must have been about two years old. Very pale, um, clinging on to life. And you, you know what a simple save on her was? Because she had lost some, a lot of volume, right? But she wasn't oxygenating her, her whatever residual blood that she had. Just basic BVM and, and an IV. We got her there, right? And we saved her. She was like right there, but not even no, man, you know, just basic stuff. And that time cohesively, everybody worked. You know, I had my guys. I could, you know, they already knew what I was thinking. I'd tell them I needed this. Yeah, no, that's yeah, a good, so, that's so, a good so, thing. So, you know. Uh, all these dynamics of everything that goes on up and down Central and, sure. and Albuquerque. But, <laughs> can you so. can you tell me uh, about a time where you did something embarrassing in front of your partner, in front of your crew, on a call? People uh, don't like to talk bad about themselves. So, so let me tell you. So yeah. when I was a brand it, new EMT. If you talk about it, I'll, file, I'll pull these files out of my brain. <laughs> uh, when I was a brand new EMT, we stopped to get gas in between a mission. Mm-hmm. And I got down and I put the nozzle in the truck and my partner had gone in to get something else. And he was a, he was a grumpy old man. So we didn't talk very much throughout the whole shift. Um, so as he was coming back out from getting whatever he needed to get, I decided to go in while the pump was still in 
the truck. Yeah, the nozzle was still in the truck. (laughs) So when I came out, uh, as I was walking out, we got a call. So I was like, okay, well, he put it away. You know, like he saw me go in. He saw that it was still in. It still had to finish. So when I came out, I just jumped in the truck and closed the door right away. Yep, took off. Took off with the nozzle. Luckily, it had the quick release, you know, so it didn't actually break anything. But then I had to, like set it next to and go into the gas station and be like, I'm so sorry, guys. And I was brand new EMT, yeah, so I'm yeah. like, I'm going to go to jail. I'm in trouble. I destroyed property. Like, this is a big deal. I'm in the ambulance. I'm going to lose my job. I'm only 21. And the guy was like, no, nah, this happens all the time. Just, you're good. Get out of here. And I was like, thank you so much. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I don't, I don't, I'm trying to think about, there was a lot of things that, that we did. Um, that rookie status, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? In, you know, and and you're trying to walk the line and, sure. and do all that, but I'm pretty sure I, I, I've done a lot of a lot of foolish things, but I, I can't pull one out of. I've seen a lot of foolish things being done. <laughs> I, you know, I the, I heard the term the other day. The fire department's like a frat, you know. Yeah, and that's, yeah. It is true. Coming from a fire department myself, right? You're in that first year, and you it's. You're just gonna keep getting it. Yeah, you're gonna yeah. keep getting it. There's, there's yeah. no yeah, letting the hazing. Off. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm pretty sure it's gotten a lot different now, though. It has uh, because it was brutal. I'm talking back in the when I got in, it was in ninety ninety one, and all we, uh, we I, I, all the stuff that was done to me, and then the you know we perpetuated it out over the years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'll, not <laughs> a lot of people though, like to talk know? about that, yeah. but it was how it happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In those times, and it was accepted. Right, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, in fact, we had a we had a, a rookie class that um, refused to come and work at our station, <laughs> and we had to have the chief come in and had to sit down with us and stop harassing them. No, nobody wants to come and work over here, but it, it was fun hazing, you know. It, sure. it wasn't it wasn't mean stuff. We were just just fun stuff to pass the time. But you know, maybe that's how how we we broke the monotony. But getting back to the PTS thing, PTSD thing, I I never. You know, yeah, we drink a lot, but it was because we could. I don't know, maybe because of our schedule, and that was just the that was the way we did things. You know what I mean? Hey, we're gonna work hard, and then we justified. Hey, I worked forty eight hours, and I saved this, and I did that, so I can drink and act like an animal for four for four days. So I don't, I don't know. Looking back, I probably shouldn't have done that. You know what I mean? And um, we may have used that as an excuse, but maybe that was part of the the coping mechanism of the PTSD, not as an individual, but as a group. Because we used to do it as as a station, you know what I'm saying? Sure. Like we all hung out after we'd go to the lake and do stuff like that. So maybe that was our way of, of because uh, I just thought about that, about the, uh, how we save people and we're, you know, um, that call. Yeah, the cohesion yeah, between your yeah, group. Yeah, maybe that was the way of us kind of decompressing as individuals, but as a group. But maybe for ourselves, I don't. I don't know. Sure. Know. Yeah, I don't know. And but, I think a lot of people in our field do do a lot of drinking. You know, despite yeah. despite all the knowledge about it and despite all the warnings, I think that there is a fair amount of people um, in EMS, the fire department, in the police department, mm-hmm. anybody, any kind of frontline workers that won't say that they depend on drinking, but show signs of depending on drinking yeah and and i think a lot of it has to do with maybe that's the that's the norm and hey let's go party and do all that you know as a group but you and and maybe there's a, a 
while there is a stigma, not maybe, but about coming forth and asking for help. Sure. And then, you know, it kind of gets away from you as an individual. Because I've been down that road. I was sober for seven years, you know, um, when I had gotten to my trouble with um, with drinking. it, And a lot of it had to have been because I, I, I'm, I'm a fireman. I'm, I can do this. I can do that. I'm macho. And, but I had to come to a reality of, um, and I think the sobriety for seven years really helped me, you know, even maturing wise, mature wise too. But, uh, you know, do, do I drink now? And I'm more of a, of a knowledgeable, social kind of a binge drinker. I shouldn't drink because it's not conducive with me. Because mm-hmm. um, then I think that's when a lot of, a lot of these hidden things come out, you sure. know? So. What I what I really been doing medicinally is uh, you know we were talking about the mushrooms. I didn't I didn't I've never done them. I've always I've never done. I've always been afraid because we've always been in jobs where we couldn't do things because of our sure. you know uh, getting yeah it's not drug state tested. or federally right. accepted yeah. right and and so when we went to San Francisco about four weeks ago when we first started getting to getting this dispensary going uh, they have mushrooms over there and it's microdosing. So my cousin had never done it. So I said, hey, let's do it, you know. They just Not, sold it like over scared. the counter? Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's in chocolates. It, it's in chocolate. Oh, wow. We call it chocolate. In San Francisco. Yeah, in California. Yeah, yeah but, but you can't sell in the same dispensary as marijuana. It's a whole so, – yeah, and you take them. And uh, I was – I've never done them before, but it, I had a good time. I mean, I had fun with my cousin. I hope that you had a good my sister, time. And then I started doing edibles out there a little bit, you know, and – and now um, I, I do those to help me sleep. Because before I used to kind of like, oh, I'll have a shot or a glass of wine sure. or whatever, you know. Um, now I'll, I'll do an edible and I, 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 sleep, I sleep good, you know. Kind of um, self-medicating. Yeah, yeah. And, mm-hmm. and so um, there's always been a stigma about smoking marijuana and all that other stuff. And I don't, I don't really like the smell and I don't like to smoke it. But as far as doing the edible, I mean, it, it, it's really, to me... To me, it's it's it 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 helps me, you know. So maybe it is psychological or, you know, whatever. Um, but I, I would encourage anybody to, you know, uh, in the EMS field to jump on anything right away, fast. You know, ask for help. You know, yep, and and we all help. see it too. You know, and, and we all know each other because we're all we work so cohesively together. If you see somebody in trouble, don't just ask. Don't just passively. You know, you gotta. De- dive deep in and, and you and you may hurt that person's feelings but it, what what if you can change their life and save them sure you know i know, I know recently there's been a lot of suicides yeah in, you know, uh, in, in, in ems and, here, and, and yeah, we've lost a lot, lot of people too and 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 you know it and like you're saying you, you know you're when you're saying names of people uh, now i have to see their face to put a face to the name but uh i've been kind of disconnected because i work in the movie industry and, and the hours that we work and and, you know, when we're deep into the EMS system in, in Albuquerque or New Mexico, when somebody passes for whatever reason, um, you're like, oh, okay, yeah, you know, you hear about it. But I don't really hear about it unless I open up my my Facebook. Yeah, social media yeah, is social where media. you're finding it out yeah. first, right? Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. And terrible. then you're like, and then you, you think back about all the calls you've been with those people and, and what a great person they were, you know, and then, then you're like, wow, that that's too bad, you know. Wish you could have done something. or So if you could... If you could start it all over, like if you could go back to 17-year-old you, would you get back into medicine? Yes. Yeah? Yeah. I, I, 
I, I think I was blessed with that. I, I love it. You know, uh, what I should have done is I should have brought in my horizons. I, should, I shouldn't have limited myself. And a lot of it had to do with partying and chasing girls sure. <laughs> and having kids and being in the fire department, you know, kind of. But I, I wish I would have went. I wish I could went to nursing. I had, and I was right there to do the, my bridge to nursing, but then my son was born, my youngest one, and I kind of pushed that to the side. I wish I'd have followed up with that, but I, I wish I'd have went to medical school. I, I mean, you know. Um, no, that makes sense. But, I think I think a lot of us, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. Yeah. Um, so if you could give yourself one piece of advice for when you started, what would you tell your younger self? Um, I, I, I could have gone a lot for, further in my career in the fire department just to stay focused. I, I, you know, <laughs> I, I, I was always the party animal, you know, and always the, the fun guy and all that. And I, I, I wish I would have uh, focused more on, on looking at ahead of my years, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? And saying, okay, you know, I always had goals, don't get me wrong, but I should have put forth myself to be, you know, I could have been a chief, I could have been a chief of the department. I could have done a lot of things. I had the talent, I had the knowledge, I had the, I knew the right people, all that. I, I just, I just didn't, I wasn't focused enough, you know what I mean? So what I try to do now is, is, is encourage people and give them that insight that of what I should have done you could do this. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to do. Don't be afraid to take chances. Don't be afraid to, you know, well, anybody can be anything they want. And I think when you're young, you don't realize right, that. Right, right. Because yeah. I think when we're in our 20s, you know, it's easy to be like, money, 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 yeah. money. I need that money. I need that money. Yeah. I'm going to work all this overtime. And I'm not going to f- move to promote myself. I'm just going to work as much so that I can make as much money yeah, as I can. And exactly. And, and you, hit, you hit the nail on the head, promotion. Because... You're, you're, you're trying to work so much that you don't have enough time to really accomplish that goal because mindset, you're just too tired. You, I mean, when you work, I mean, you know, you, you, and, oh, I'm going to work in overtime, work in overtime. Well, you get away from that, that train of thought. And some people do it, and, and, you know, good for them. And I'm thinking, like, man, that could have been me, you know, but, oh, well. You know, maybe God didn't have that path for me. I, I don't know. And, and I hindered it myself, too, you know, through bad decisions and, and uh you know, getting distracted, but I'm okay in life. You know, now uh, God's blessing me with some other things. You know, we, we own a couple of businesses. We're going to open up a dispensary. Um, I work for the movie industry. I really don't have to work much. You know, mentally I work a lot. Physically I don't have to. So I'm able to, there's longevity in that for me as far as working. You know, it's a, um, I'm meeting new people all the time and, and it's fun. I get up in the morning, I drive. I, I think, and, and this getting back to what you were saying about the drinking and the, the marijuana use, I, I, I think if, so I, I look at a lot of my friends that have passed, and when they retired, what did they do? They stayed home drinking, stayed home mm-hmm. smoking. They didn't, they didn't do, they didn't go, they didn't get up, they didn't, you know, I'm 56 and I get up in the morning, I drive, you know. Because you have that purpose. Yes, yeah. and if it wasn't that, so maybe I'm blessed with, you know, in the long run of not, because otherwise I'd be at home, you know, depressed or whatever, you know. I mean, we all get depressed, don't get me wrong, and you know that. But, but it, it, like this, this is cool for you because now this is going to give you that, that second ump to, hey, come on, we got to get this done. <laughs> and so that's going to be your drive now. That's going to get you to that next phase in life to where you're, you're not going to be, oh, I was, on the, 
I did this, I did that. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, so I, I, I'm, I'm lucky. I'm, I'm lucky, and, and, and uh, if it wasn't for this stuff, who knows where I'd be? I don't know. Sure. No, that's <laughs> that's all awesome. Well, we're coming, we're wrapping up here. Yeah. Um, I want to give you the opportunity to talk about your dispensary a little bit because I know you're getting ready to open up. Yeah. So I, I was fortunate enough, like I said, uh, a, a friend of mine called me up and. Asked me to get involved in this dispensary, and that that deal kind of didn't 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 pan out the way we thought. But um, I, I acquired this location, and then signed a lease for three years, and I'm 200 grand into it. So I'm like, what am I, what am Jeez. I gonna do, right? Yeah. So all right, so we got to make this work. So um, I got my sister involved, and then my mom got involved because we own some Brussels Foods down in the South Valley, and um, and so it all kind of panned out. And so we're gonna open up hopefully in a couple of weeks or. Well, maybe a couple of months. It all depends on we're trying to put everything together. I, I didn't understand um, the logistics of it because mm-hmm. my friend was supposed to be doing that. We were just going to be the money part. And then now we got to do the logistics, but my mom's doing that. So my mom and my sister, they're running with it, right? And uh, we, we picked out a name today, and it's it's Purple Days, and it's on Paseo and Golf Course. So um, we're going to open up. And then uh, hopefully all goes well. And like I mentioned before, when we're off, um, we'll be able to make a difference in people's lives, whether it's sure. medicinally, um, you know, help them, and then hopefully financially. So Are you guys doing both medical and recreational? Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and if anybody that we can um, get involved in that business, if you have a, any product or you want to come in and share your talent, like you said, I, I, I don't know. I, I'm totally green in the business because I have no idea about it. But um, if the more people that we can get involved and collaborate and make this, you know, really big um, and help out and change people's lives, that's that's my goal. Yeah, the money part's going to be awesome, too. You know, I mean, but you never know. That's not that's not always guaranteed, you know. Sure. But but it, but if we can change people's lives and, and do that nonprofit that I was talking about to helping kids and and do all that then then it'll be successful to me you know even even if we make a dollar a month i don't i don't care because i'm I'm still fortunate to have my retirement i'm working for the movies and then you know um and do that it's it's just i don't know because who knows if if we'll be alive tomorrow honestly i I always say this to people and they're yeah don't say that rick i said i I might not be alive tomorrow yeah you never know we never know because it's not guaranteed so every day that i wake up now is a blessing and if i can uh, help somebody or change people's lives, not only through my hands, but through um, my knowledge or financially, business-wise, then that'll be great. And, and hopefully, I, you, I'm, I wish you luck. Thank you. <laughs> I, I, I want to see this thing take off. I want to yeah, see man. us on Spotify. and it's, It'll be on Spotify. Yeah, but, but I'm talking like Apple you have podcast. a mi- million-dollar <laughs> contract and we're, you know, we're doing this like, you know, and like Joe Rogan and taking off and that'll be awesome. That that That's the rewards that that I, I want to see out of everybody's life. Awesome. Well, I appreciate you coming out to the podcast and hanging out and sharing some really good stories, man. They were great. Well, hopefully they're, I know I talk a lot, but I got plenty more. <laughs> <laughs> Season two coming yeah, out. You're right. <laughs> cool. All right. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for listening to the 911 Nonsense Podcast. Please remember to comment, review, and share with friends if you enjoyed this episode. If you're interested, we sell all kinds of noon merch at samspursuit.com. Again, thanks for listening and see you next week.